Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, The Glory is Departed from Israel. It shall be focused on a study of 1 Samuel chapter 4. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we see in this scripture the fulfillment of the prophecy that you had given concerning the family of Eli. Father, may we never be found to mishandle your word such that such judgment comes upon our lives. We see that your glory had departed from Israel because they had departed from you. Father, may we, Lord, uphold your word and not compromise so that, Lord, you will take sides with us in our battles. Be with us today in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Samuel chapter 4. Chapter 4 And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer. And the Philistines pitched in Aphek. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines, and they slew of the army in the field about four thousand men. And when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, it may save us out of the hand of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh, that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth rang again. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. And the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God is come into the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. Woe unto us, who shall deliver us out of the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, and quit yourselves like men, O ye Philistines, that ye be not servants unto the Hebrews as they have been to you. Quit yourselves like men, and fight. And the Philistines fought, and Israel was smitten, and they fled every man into his tent, and there was a very great slaughter, for there fell of Israel thirty thousand footmen. And the ark of God was taken, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were slain. And there ran a man of Benjamin out of the army, and came to Shiloh the same day with his clothes rent, and with earth upon his head. And when he came, lo, Eli sat upon a seat by the wayside watching, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, all the city cried out. And when Eli heard the noise of the crying, he said, What meaneth the noise of this tumult? And the man came in hastily and told Eli. Now Eli was ninety and eight years old, and his eyes were dim that he could not see. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army, and I fled today out of the army. And he said, What is there done, my son? And the messenger answered and said, Israel is fled before the Philistines, and there hath been also a great slaughter among the people, and thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God is taken. 
And it came to pass, when he made mention of the ark of God, that he fell from off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck brake, and he died. For he was an old man and heavy, and he had judged Israel forty years. And his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed, for her pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the women that stood by her said unto her, Fear not, for thou hast borne a son. But she answered not, neither did she regard it. And she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel. Because the ark of God was taken, and because of her father-in-law and her husband. And she said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, And Knoweth It Not. This was preached in 1965 on August the 15th. We'll begin at paragraph 63 up to paragraph 101. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Before I get to that spot, I might brief what I said a few days ago here in a message on, I believe it was the uh, God of this world blinded the eyes of the people that they absolutely worship the devil in religious services. Did you all get that? All of you understood it? And then in that same message, I brought the subject that a woman wearing immoral clothes indecently, she is be judged at the judgment bar as a street prostitute. That sounds awful strange. Let me draw you a little picture. Now, here is an attorney in the city, a young fellow. And he's a nice man as far as, as a politically. I imagine he may be decent in his politics. And then um, he goes to the girl that's very popular. They fall in love and marry. They tend to all the parties and the great... Uh, things and they all drink together finally she uh, he has a nice home he lives in a nice uh, neighborhood he's uh, well thought of amongst the people but he both of them drink she wears shorts cuts her hair wears makeup everything just as sexy as beautiful woman displaying herself well she never goes to church at all neither one of them so Moving next door to him comes a woman from the Baptist church or the Methodist church, her and her husband. Now, this woman, uh, let's make it Methodist because the Methodists go a little more on holiness than the Baptists, all except the New Testament Baptists, they believe in holiness. But usually Baptists don't go for holiness at all. See, they don't believe in such a thing. So then, now let's make it Methodist because they believe in holiness. And... Uh, then a Methodist woman moves next door to this woman on the same street. Her husband is, uh, let's say he's a public accountant and, uh, or some office. Well, this Methodist woman looks over to the other woman, and when this lawyer goes out of town, his name's John. Say his name is John. Now, don't presume on that now. I'm just taking fiction names now. And his name is John. Well, she used to go with Ralph. 
And that's fiction, name all of it. So you just so you get the story to make the picture. Well, first thing you know, at a drunken party, Ralph hugs her again. Well, she gets all fired up because she's in love again with Ralph, she thinks. Then after a while, Ralph begins to meet her. And she can put it over John, pull it over his eyes, and she thinks she's pretty smart duck because she can run with Ralph married to John. See, the woman don't even have the very bearing of decency. And she thinks nothing about that. But this Methodist woman has raised up in another bracket. She does at least go to church. And she thinks that that woman is horrible. What she says to her husband when he comes in, I see that man go in there and meet her. And when John's out on a case somewhere, Philadelphia somewhere, he takes her out in his roadster. And they lay out on the beach. I see him come home, don't even pull the curtains down sometimes, kissing her and making love to her next door. Oh, isn't that awful, she says to her husband. Well, she's nothing but a public prostitute. It's true. She's worse than a public prostitute because she's a married woman. And she... Uh, this woman, this Methodist woman, thinks that's horrible. She never goes to church. Now, this Methodist woman would not do a thing like that. No, indeed. She's a decent woman. And another thing, she would not touch a bit of whiskey because the Methodist church, 90% of their program is prohibition against whiskey, against whiskey. So they got a prohibition program, and then people of that Methodist church don't live no higher than that church teaches. But this same woman, this Methodist woman, goes out of the evening with her husband wearing shorts on Sunday after Sunday school. She cuts her hair, she wears lipstick, and even smokes a little. Now, in God's Word, there are both prostitutes. But this one here is naked, miserable, wretched, blind, and don't know it. One's just as guilty as the other. For a man that looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if this woman, now she'd say, wait just a minute, Mr. Branham. I'll give you to understand I am no prostitute. My sister, maybe if you'd be tucked before a Bible and put your hands up on the presence of God and swear oath that you've been just as true, true to your husband as you could be. Your body belongs to your husband, but your soul belongs to God. There is an evil spirit that's annoying you. If that, if you're not, then you're. I can prove that you're totally insane. What would happen if your grandmother should walk down the street with them shorts on? They'd put her in an insane institution. She'd come out without her dress on. There's something wrong with her mind. If it was so then, it's so now. So it throws the whole world into insanity. The whole thing's insane. And it's so gradually crept in till the people don't know it. Now, is she a prostitute? Not by her husband vowed to her body, but before God she's got an evil prostitute spirit on her that makes her dress like that, and she's in the Lady of Sin Church age and don't know that she's doing that. An innocent woman don't know that God will judge her for a prostitute. There you are. You get it to her. You can't tell her. There's no way of getting it to her. 
The Bible said they're naked and don't know it. Amen. Amen. If you call her a prostitute personally, she'd have you arrested. She would. I never talk personally about anybody. I talk about sin. I don't say this certain church, Mr. So-and-so, Reverend So-and-so, he's a... No, no, I say that, the doctrine of that. See? The whole thing together. I don't call individuals. It's not individuals. It's the system that they're in. It's a wild system. Brother George Wright sitting here, 75 or 78 years old, I guess. What would you think would have happened if you'd have went to see Sister Wright someday? She'd been standing in a pair of shorts. Well, you'd have never... You'd have... You'd have had the woman locked up. You'd have never married her. Well, if any young man in that day would have done it, the same thing would have took place. Well, if it was sin and wrong then, it's the same thing, but the people have grown into insanity. Amen. Let me prophesy something to you just before it comes to pass. The whole world is grouping in insanity and will get worse and worse and worse. I'm telling you, be a bunch of maniacs. It's almost that way now. Could you imagine a man driving with his lights off on the wrong side of the road? A ricky young kid supposed to be right out of high school. Kill a bunch of people. Is that stopping? The next one come right behind him doing the same thing. Can you imagine a young man that thinks himself, anything of himself getting out here and acting the way they do? Could you imagine a young woman and a bloom of womanhood, beautiful, well-built, shaped, profile, face, beautiful, and the very thing of her being pretty shows that we're at the end time. See? She's went altogether to worldly feature, worldly things, and not the beauty of holiness, Amen. sweetness in her soul. I've seen women on the outside of them, wasn't nothing to look at, but you speak to them one time, talk to them Amen. a few minutes, they're real genuine, something that you can't get away from. Amen. See, the beauty of the outside is of the devil, it's of the world. Look at Cain's children, how they went into it. When the sons of God saw the daughters of man were fair, they take none of them wives, and God never did forgive them. Look at them Israelite women with calloused hands and hair stringing. When them sons of God came up through the land of Moab and met them dainty women with well-set hair, Amen. fancy and a lot of manicure on their faces or what you call it, and when them sons of God saw those real fair women, a false prophet said, we're all the same. Yeah, right. And they married among them and God never did forgive them. They perished in the wilderness. Right. Every one of them died there. Amen. Without hope, without God, and is eternally lost. Amen. Damned forever. Though they had seen the goodness of God. Amen. Though they had drank from the fountain that never runs dry. They dropped from the smitten rock. They'd seen the brass serpent perform miracles. They'd come out from under the baptism of Moses in the sea. They'd seen the hand of God. They'd eat angels' food. They'd done all those things, but married in. Let women bring them in. And marry among them. Not commit adultery, just marry among them. God never did forgive it. 
That's the second time it met. Now here we are on the third time. More deceiving now than ever. I know that's hard. And I've often wondered in many ways, how will it ever be? Why do I have to talk so rational to people? What makes it so? And yet I notice if it wasn't God, there would be nobody, not a woman, that's sitting and listening at me. But they come back. Because there's somebody that's got a little anchor of truth there that knows that that's right. Regardless, they know it's right. Now watch what happens. I know it's hard. It's just like if a doctor gives you medicine and you refuse to take it, then don't blame the doctor if you die. And this is like medicine. What about these people? They always claim to me be a woman hater. You see, you just watch the way the women act, and I'll show you where the church is. The women morals is a lady Osea in the world, physically, naked, miserable. Blind and don't know it. The, ch- the people, the women of the world, and the church is in the same stage. Watch the natural type, the spiritual, right through each time. Now, someday at the judgment bar, I know it's not popular to say it. And if a man's not ordained to say it, you better not say it. Because you're impersonating and then you'll get in trouble, sure enough. Now, notice. I've actually looked like in times held a woman's mouth open and poured the medicine in her mouth. And then hold my hands over her mouth and she'll spit it out every time. What if a doctor did that to a patient then the patient died? Because they refused to swallow the medicine at the judgment bar when all these things like cutting hair and wearing shorts and I'm only building the hours close at hand when you're going to see something happen. When something's going to take place and all this background here has only been laying a foundation for a short, quick message that'll shake the whole nations. While I've been picking on women, it's just been laying up here for something that you can hit around the head with it. Even trying to tell them what's right now. Holding a hand down like this. This is where the mouth is spit it out. Then who can blame the doctor? How are you going to say at the day of the judgment? When the very voices that's cried out against it. Play the record right back in the face of the people. Then how are they going to get away from it? Spit it out between your fingers. Pour some more down and finally shake their head and go back and... Go back. Won't do it. Yet you come back again and pour it in again. Then who's to blame? Not the doctor. Not the medicine. But the attitude of the person. That's exactly. It'll be a horrible day one of these days when this sinful, adulterous generation stands before Almighty God. I see my years creeping up, my shoulders stooping. Now, I know uh, 30 years here in this platform, you have 33 years here on the field. That's a long life. That's 33 years of service. Only one regret I have that I didn't have 133 years of it. 
Or this will be the last opportunity I'll ever have while you're mortal to preach the gospel. God help me to stand true as true can be to that word. Say justice, he says. What made that Methodist woman? How could you ever get a tour? Here she is in that lady of sea church age. Now we'll take the Pentecostal woman. She shouldn't wear shorts, make up or cut her hair. But she looks back down at the Methodist. Say, look at that woman do so and so. Say, the woman don't wear shorts. But she said, and herself with bobbed hair. Higher you rise in God, the more sinful the whole thing looks. And then sometimes in prayer you can imagine when the Holy Spirit takes you up into a sphere. Then the whole thing looks chaos. Then when you come back down, you seem like you're, to the people, you're a rascal. That you're, you're a, nothing but an old sarcastic, you're a fool. Because you stand as an old crank and always rebuking the people. But if you ever climb into them spears one time, where you can be in the presence of God, not through emotion, but through genuine Holy Spirit lifting up the whole thing is wrote Echabod. The glory of the Lord has departed from the whole denominational outfit. That's right. None of them. That's right. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we see, Lord, how sad it is for human beings to live their lives outside of your will. Father, without you in our lives, life is worth no meaning. We pray, Father, may you be with us and speak to us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. May these words that you've given us percolate into the depths of our soul, and may we meditate on them for the remainder of the day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.